I've heard from a couple people that, you know, a lot of people are welcoming subpoenas at this point. A lot of people who've worked for the team are welcoming subpoenas because they want to tell their story and they're, and they're very afraid of coming forward. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brand. As always, we're presented by DraftKings. We're produced by Brian Neal, my music producer. The music you hear under there, Sam Branch, just spent the weekend with my, my son, Sam, in L.A. We're going to talk to A.J. Perez today. He has broken the story about the Washington Commanders, the team that seems to put the fun and dysfunction more troubles for them. These may be fatal troubles to owner Daniel Snyder. With a lack of reporting or lack of funding, uh, these visiting team guarantees with ticket revenue, I'll explain it all. And we'll talk to AJ, who broke the story for Front Office Sports. He will join us in a minute. First, a couple rants. The first one, uh, as we start baseball season this week, I wanted to do a quick rant on baseball. Um, there's a note I saw from John Heyman on Twitter last weekend that just continues to ring in my brain. The Oakland A's are going to start the 2022 season with a payroll of, drumroll, $33 million. To me, that is just shocking. $33 million payroll for a Major League Baseball team where there are teams paying upwards of $200 million, maybe $300 million in payroll in the same league, competing against the same team. My point I want to make on this is salary cap gets a bad rap from players, especially Major League Baseball players who, have fight it, who fight it forever to tooth and nail. They will never allow the owners to implement a cap. And the owners know, hey, we're not even going to try and collect a bargaining. That was not even a topic, as we know, in their just completed collective bargaining negotiations for a new five-year deal. Here's the problem without a cap. What people know about a cap is it has a ceiling. That's the max. That's the number. In the NFL, it's $208 million. In uh, NBA, it's $100 million. All these kind of – that's the number people associate with a cap. What people don't know with a cap is that it has a floor – so there's a minimum spend for player pay, collective player pay with a cap. That's the problem without a cap in baseball. And it is no better illustrated by what's going on in Oakland. They have shattered their team to a payroll of $33 million. Now, we have Max Scherzer making $37 million. You have players making $40 million. Those are one player. This team is paying $33 million. That would never fly in a cap system. In a cap system... You have a minimum spend, so it, sometimes the minimum spend is 80% of cap, 84% of cap, 87% of cap. Of course, this would never happen in hockey, in basketball, in football. It just wouldn't happen. So again, when people bash a salary cap, they don't think about this. This is why Major League Baseball players should consider a cap. Now, I know they won't because they want a free market and they want the Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox, etc. to spend, spend, spend. And they'd rather take an Oakland A's situation if you have Dodgers spending $300 million on payroll. I get it. But here's what happens. There are no penalties for this. There is no checking on where they're spending the money they're not spending on players. In other words, the Oakland A's owners could just pocket it, spend money on yachts and vacations and whatever they want. So to me, it's just striking that the Oakland A's are spending this ridiculous amount on payroll of $33 million because a cap system is not in place and they can spend whatever they want 
and they are taking advantage of that loophole. Before we get to the next round, before we get into the NFL, first a word from one of my favorite sponsors is Athletic Greens. I use it every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I never thought I got enough greens during the day, and this is an easy way to take it. I didn't want to take all these pills and vitamins. It's a supplement that actually tastes great. So now I've been taking it for years. I just throw a scoop into water. I use it every morning. One of the first things I do, it's a micro habit, one of mine and one of a lot of people. One thing you can do every single day, take great care of yourself. When you subscribe, you get a year supply of vitamin D. As we know, that's so important to get. Even if you're not getting sunlight, you need to get that vitamin D. A lot of people take multivitamins. I don't do a lot of that. This thing is much better, costs less than $3 a day. It's cheaper than getting all the supplements. It's an all-in-one nutritional insurance. It has pro athletes. It's trusted by leading health experts like Michael Gervais, Tim Ferriss. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash BOS. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash BOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That's athleticgreens.com slash BOS. All right, let me do a rant on the NFL right now. There's a trade yesterday, the Philadelphia Eagles and the New Orleans Saints. I just want to give some insight on this trade. There are different kind of general managers out there. There's more of the scouting type general managers. Howie Roseman is the negotiating type general manager. He comes from the background I had negotiating cap and contracts with all the players. And he is, in my mind, taking advantage of other GMs with that background. The trade last year where he moved up with Miami and gave up, uh, got a first round pick for moving up six picks, uh, for let them move up six picks. And he got, they got Jalen Waddell, but he got Devonta Smith and a number one this year. And they make this trade with the New Orleans Saints yesterday. The Saints, well, just doesn't seem like a fair trade. We'll see what comes out of it. But obviously, they want a quarterback. They acquired a number one from the Eagles. The Eagles go from three number ones to two number ones. But they pick up one next year, so they have two number ones next year. They pick up a second also next year, which is a real valuable pick. So the Eagles, I think, got over on the Saints. Again, it's all going to be judged that the Saints, to me, have someone in mind that they're going up to get with this trade. So I would think the Saints just didn't make this trade willy-nilly. Now they have two number ones. They have a deal in place, I think, to go up higher, get a quarterback if the guy's there. They already have this deal in place that's going to go through on draft day, assuming the guy they want is there. So again, I'm not going to bash the Saints, but it just seems like the Eagles have gotten over on another trade. I know there's discount for future picks, so a one next year is maybe like a two now. A two next uh, the year after is maybe like a three now. But again, the draft chart, the draft comparison, the Eagles get over again. This is the advantage of having a general manager with a negotiating background rather than a background that's simply scouting and coming up and bird-dogging players. So some people get down on Howie Roseman and they haven't made the greatest draft picks, but I just think, and I'm, again, a little biased because I've known him a long time, this is what you get. Part of being a GM is negotiating shrewdly. And this is on brand for the Eagles. They're protecting the future and on brand for the Saints who don't seem to care a lot about the future, but they need a quarterback and they hope they get one and we'll see that where that trade goes. 
before we get to our special guest, I want to give you a word from Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks are one of the best things you can do to get healthy food. They've been the leader of gourmet steaks since 1917. No one even comes close to matching the flavor, tenderness, and value. Best steak of your life, guaranteed. Everything that differentiates Omaha Steaks is proven by this one fact. If you aren't satisfied with your steaks for any reason, they're going to replace your order or refund your money, whichever you prefer. So spring is here. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to stock up on your favorites. Visit omahasteaks.com and our brand, my name, B-R-A-N-D-T. In the search bar, order Omaha Steaks sampler today. You'll save 50%. You'll get 12 Omaha Steak burgers free with your order. The package can be mouthwatering butcher cut filet mignons. You can sub different items. If you're others, you want other preferred items. Every order is backed by their 100% satisfaction guarantee to deliver perfection in every single bite, every single time. Visit omahasteaks.com, type keyword brand in the search bar on order today. There's a reason Omaha Steaks has been the leader in gourmet steaks and food for a century. No one, I mean, no one comes close to matching the flavor, tenderness, and value of Omaha Steaks. Fifth generation owned and operated, they invented meat delivery and are still the very best. You can trust Omaha Steaks to deliver quality worth of, worthy of their name. Visit omahasteaks.com, keyword Brandt, and order the Omaha sampler today. Without further ado, I want to get to our guest. A.J. Perez broke the big story about the Washington Commanders. And they may not be protected as they have been for so long, as we've seen over the past years, over what's gone on with owner Daniel Snyder. AJ, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I've been a fan of uh, yours for a while, Andrew, so it's uh, good to get on the podcast. Likewise. I want to get right to the story that you broke the other day. This is something that I've seen out there, you know, where people don't understand the whole visiting team revenue. And I've, having been part of the league, I can try to explain it. But I'll let you start before we get to what the commanders allegedly did or didn't do. What's your understanding of the issue of visiting team shares of revenue in the NFL? Well, we're talking about the talking about the net. Now, I'm kind of fuzzy on the last CBA whether it included the luxury. There's some waivers that could be done for luxury boxes and right. other and there's other things that don't count, like PSLs and parking and all the stuff that's sold in the stadium game day. is outside. It's it's basically upper bowl, lower bowl, um, uh, and forty percent of the net. So that net that net, um, you know, the gross. The gross is a larger number, and that gross number gets it gets well, gets uh, cut down by taxes and handling charges and other things that um, that go into it. So it's around forty percent uh, net when it's all said and done. That goes yeah. to the that goes to the NFL pool, the pool that pool of money, then the NFL then then transfer that money to the to, to to the visiting clubs. Yeah. So let me explain it from what I know, having been in the league, and again, the Packers were the only team that is very public, as you know. Um, yeah. So it's a 60-40 split. So 60 to the home team and 40 to the visiting team. But it's not that simple. As AJ just said, there's money off the top for expenses. And it's not including luxury suites and you know some of the other revenues that comes in. So again, upper bowl, lower bowl, that money is taken out of the expenses. Then you get the net. So the net is 60-40. And the teams contribute the share into a fund, where it's now spread out equally among the 32 teams. So again, the hallmark of the NFL is revenue sharing, especially for media. Uh, media, of course, the billions of dollars coming in for media are split 32 ways, whether you're in Green Bay or whether you're in New York City, whatever it may be. But when you get to the visiting team share, you're trusted, for lack of a better word, 
to contribute your amount, and then that fund goes out. Um, so that's the formula. Some people don't realize that. It's, again, more revenue share than any other sport. So that visiting team share. And by the way, I don't want to make it more complicated, but these G4 loans like the Buffalo Bills are getting now, mm-hmm. the, NFL, yeah. the payback of the loans comes from the visiting team share. So again, this is a, a, a bucket of revenues that is used by teams building stadiums to pay back the league. In other words, the league keeps that, doesn't pay you back. That's how they get their loan back. So these are the kind of things. Okay, now that we've established that. Uh, no, honestly, that was the hardest part of my reporting because I had the reporting pretty much solid by about three o'clock on Saturday. It was uh-huh. the next three hours of, before I you know, finished the story. It was about researching G. G2, G3, G6, the title 14 of the, um, or section 14 of the, of the bylaws. It was just like, you know, I'm looking at other stories and, you know, looking at trusted sources to make sure that what I'm reporting on that part is accurate because I know what I'm reporting source-wise is. So. Yeah, I think that's great you did that because, again, I tried to explain it just now and I lived it for 10 years, but it's not that easy to understand, especially for a mass audience. I think our audience is a little more... <laughs> Um, attuned to the, these kind of s- subjects. So I appreciate that. So now I'll let you get to the heart of your story in terms of your source source uh, related story rather than the, than the visiting team share. I'll let you discuss it here. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, I, I got a tip and I've been covering, I co- I've been covering this team since I basically since I got to USA Today you know, 15, 16 years ago. It was pretty right. much not long after that. I transitioned off NASCAR into investigative stuff. And, you know, there's always stuff going around. I live seven miles from headquarters here. So, you know, and so a lot of it's been covering athletes who get in trouble or assistant coaches who get in trouble around here, which is not a big deal normally. There's been obviously some bad, some really bad stuff that happened. Yeah. But uh, but so you get to know a lot of people. And uh, without revealing my sources, you know, the, some of the previous stories I've covered um, have, have helped me. And so I, I, I got a tip a couple of weeks ago that this investigation was going to go into a different direction. Did not know at the time what that meant. So I went down to Congress, then went down to the House, all three of the House office buildings um, in these, in, on Capitol Hill, knocked on doors. Um, it didn't really, I wouldn't say it made a huge difference, but it did kind of move things a little more forward for me. And I got another another source out of it. And kind of from there, we were, I, I had the story the Washington Post had, I had that story on Monday, before, like four days beforehand. And so I was at the owners' meetings knowing knowing this. And, and I, and I told the team executives, I'm like, I'm just, this is, I'm not going to report it now. I'm still digging, but I know this happened. I was solved that it happened, that they were looking at some kind of financial irregularities. That's all I had. Um, and, uh, and so kind of kept pushing, pushing and, you know, then, uh, then, then Thursday comes and I, I kind of figured Washington Post was going to post it, which is, I was like, fine with it. Um, because watch the Washington Post and Dan Snyder don't have the best relationships, so it's best to have them fire first. Because I because I knew I had more, and I wasn't going to rush my reporting. So um, you know, once that story went up, I'm like, well, that's some cover. I'm like, we have a lot more, and I know I'm. This is gonna. I needed that story for this next story, just to get that that just people to know that I'm on this. I have some, I have my sources. My sources are a little deeper than what the Washington Post had as pertains to that one story. I'm not saying any of the reporters had less than I do. Maybe they don't. Uh, but, um, but it's, so it kind of, it, that led to, you know, that story Thursday, which said that there was, I had three bullet points. Um, one, they're looking at their, they're looking at some financial irregularities. Um, and um, with that was quote two one of my source, I had two sources. One, one said multiple books, one said two books. 
didn't know at the time what that meant. Ends up, it looks like it meant that this whole ticket thing. So that fast forward two days to Saturday when, when I was working on that story, got, um, you know, another confirmation, um, on that, um, and had a little more information and it was, and I still, I still, I'm the only person who's reported, you know, everybody know now knows who testified, um, or went in front of the committee and offered evidence. Um, no one else has corroborated that this person apparently, according to my sources, turned over something that was beyond his first person testimony. And I think that's, that's, uh, that's something no one else has. And I'm very, very, very solid with. And that's, you know, when everybody is trashing with these statements coming out and everything else, trashing this, this employee, you know, what, whether he actually did turn over or something, and I was told he did, you know, what that is, I have no idea what it's going to say, who it leads to. Not totally sure, but I was told it was, it, I was told Friday and I verified that Saturday that it was more than first person testimony. Mm. So can I name the person? Yeah, you can. I mean, her, his, <laughs> his lawyer did. So, yeah. Yes. And yeah. Lisa Banks has been a guest on this program. We, we talked to her about the toxic workplace and the women she was representing. And some of the women came on the mm -hmm. podcast as well during that whole thing, I believe in the fall. Um, so Jason Friedman is the person and let me just clarify. So what you're saying is not only did he testify about financial irregularities, he has provided, uh, is it documents or some kind of, that's what I, I have, I have it from one source, what kind of what it is, but I'm not comfortable enough to say, but I, I, I just, I was comfortable enough to report that it was beyond, it was beyond him just talking. And I, it was beyond a, he said, she said, he said, he said, I guess in this case kind of thing where they're going back and forth with, you know, what his knowledge was versus what he may have, you know, obtained while he was working there. I have no idea. I mean, I don't, I have, a, I have an inkling, but not enough to report yet. So, Still so we that. saw, we saw the, the testimony, uh, it was actually earlier this this spring, right? Be with, uh, I think there were three or four women. Mm -hmm. One, uh, Emily Applegate, who's been on this program a couple. Yeah, times. There, and, yeah, there were there were four women and one former male employee uh, right. at the roundtable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So was he the male employee? No. Oh, that was a different person. Okay. Yeah. But in addition to those women that testified, I'm just trying to clarify how this came about. So the Congressional Oversight Committee is looking into the Washington team. Mm -hmm. what I thought was for toxic workplace environment, uh, sexual harassment. And in their investigation, you're saying you're reporting that this employee, Jason, former employee, Jason Friedman was asked about the toxic workplace stuff and then offered up this or how did that? No, well, it's kind of, it's kind of, from what I understand and I'm not totally hundred percent, I can, I can spec a little speculation analysis here. He, 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 he sent a letter as to, uh, to the committee backing up one of the accusers, um, claims. Okay. That's how his name first came up. Um, and, um, and I'm not sure how long Lisa Banks is, um, that he's, that she's been his attorney. I'm not sure. I'm, uh, I'm not sure how recent that is. I should probably ask Lisa. I'll find that out. But uh, but uh, so that's so that's how it. And apparently, you know, I guess that's what led to. I don't know what the. I don't know if Lisa. I'm not. She wouldn't tell me. Uh, leaked or not leaked it. Told the committee or or Mr. Friedman offered her up himself. Um, you know, I don't know how how. But it was. There's more than one, there's been more than just him who's testified. I know another name. I'm not gonna. I don't. I I, I don't like naming people who have supposed to right. supposedly testified in, in, or, you know, with it's supposed to be secret testimony, you know, this is, this is supposed to be like a grand jury okay. <laughs> they, when you're, when you're, when you're talking about, you know, this information, 
gathering information process before the subpoenas go out, before the hearing is called. I have been very careful over my career. I would not have done what the athletic did, and 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 because he's not a public figure, I would not have. I would not have probably named him. I didn't name him Saturday. I knew his name. Did not name him right. for that reason because it's supposed to be, you know, because this is what happens when once once the name gets out there, you can. Yeah, that's when the daggers come out, and you know, and it's just not just this. This would happen with any situation in any team, maybe a little differently here in 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 the DC area with this team. But that's when I, you know, because I'm I'm always you know, if someone's willing to come forward, especially now that we look from all the statements we have that he had an NDA, um, but coming forward to a you know to to Congress to talk to about this issue, you know, that that's some cover for him. You know, he can't come out and. Yet, you know, I've asked the team, like with asked what Lisa Banks asked, yeah. dude, are you are you going to release him from his NDA? Uh, not heard back. I asked them yesterday. I don't know. Now they're now they're kind of, you know, welcoming defamation lawsuits and such now. Right. So this is part of the legal process. I know I've known all these lawyers who've been dealing with this for a long time. So I'm not I'm not shocked. That's why I'm also careful what I say. Yeah. So. No, as a lawyer, I completely understand that. But I, I guess I want to drill down one more question about the what was revealed to the committee. So we talked yeah. a lot about this this forty percent and this visiting team share, and you just sort of mentioned financial irregularities. Can you be a little more specific about what exactly alleged that they did? Yeah, this goes back a couple of years, going it's kind of going towards it's been yeah two years, two plus years with the few minority owners trying to get out. Right. And uh, and Snyder invoking his right of first refusal, not letting him sell to a couple of people out of the Bay Area um, for a, for more money than you know than what than what uh, well, a little more than what Dan Snyder ended up uh, getting the debt debt waiver approval to buy out that forty percent. He spent that I've heard eight seventy five, I've heard nine fifty. I always in, in in my reporting I say he bought it. He bought it, he bought that forty percent last March for uh, around. Uh, nearly $1 billion. So mm. I'm just, I, I feel safe saying that. So, so, and, and so he, so that nearly $1 billion, much of that was financed, which is not a problem for an NFL owner. When you, when your franchise is worth at least 4.5 billion, if not more, even without a new stadium deal yet, um, or breaking ground or anything like that, you know, or so it's your, your, you can, the, the banks are going to give you the money, but going back to that, you know, there, there were, and we have legal, we have beyond the documents that, that were part of the, the legal battle back and forth between the three co-owners and Dan Snyder. You know, I have, I've had other, other sources telling me that, you know, the, that, that the, those co-owners were, you know, one of the reasons why they wanted it out was because they were concerned about um, some, some, some of the debt. And that was before he took on more. Um, that doesn't mean he's, I'm not going to, I mean, never going to, never going to accuse that Dan Snyder's you know, in you know, one step or one paycheck away of anything, you know, he's, 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 he's a very rich man. Um, and he's, uh, and it, there's no indication that, you know, he can't finance a new stadium. He can't pay the bills. There's nothing like that, but there were just concerns over the debt. And I, I know the NFL does this homework every year with its audits. They, they do, right. they did, they did the, some, they, they would certainly did the homework before the, they, uh, before it was presented to the owners for the debt waiver last March at the owners meeting. So it was, uh, it, I, I, you know, it's hard to say what what debt issues there were there are, but that was a concern. And then my third bullet was about um, you know the pay disparity, which no one's ever really talked about. That there's been information out there for a while, and uh, I was told it was the at least uh, one member of the committee and her, you know has forwarded it uh, these concerns um, that there was uh, there was a pay disparity going on 
fairly long time between men and women, and it was particularly worrisome when it comes to, or the, the disparity was very you know, recognizable in terms of bonuses as well. Um, no one's picked up on that part, which is kind of, because this is the whole thing, it's what's sad. This, this all, as you mentioned, this all started as a workplace, a toxic workplace, harassment claims. And that's what, you know, it went, it went through one NFL investigation that didn't give them closure, it wasn't released, and there was reasons for that. And now there's another one, Mary Jo White, and it's these all start out with, you know, because of what happened and, right. and, and the toxic workplace. But it's, it's, they can go wherever they want, and the committee has basically said they, you know, they're going to take it where they want, so you want to take it. So you mentioned it. So Beth Wilkinson, the lawyer in Washington, took over, uh, had this investigation through the summer. The league, I guess, took it over, where she reported to them without an or, a written report. It was an oral report. Yeah. And, uh, and to be clear, they were sanctioned $10 million, Mm-hmm. But then it kind of went away, and uh, <laughs> John Gruden. And, and then, yeah, yeah. So that's always the fun part of who who leaked that. Right. And a lot of people at the time said it was Snyder. I'm like, why would Snyder do it? First right. of all, can't people, be that stupid. <laughs> you 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 mentioned talking to Lisa and some of the and some of the women who 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 came forward with their stories. But outside of them and some maybe some people here in the local media, that that story was dead. It was no. sad. It was sad. It was dead. Because they should have released the report, probably. You know, they should have had more. Right. You know, I know that, but it was dead until October hit. Um, September, October, whenever. Yeah, and then and then Gruden gets fired, and then days later, the House Oversight Committee was like, "We're looking into this," right. and now we're dovetailing into allegations of ticket hold, like holding back ticket revenue. And this never would have happened. And right. so, if Dan, if Dan Snyder leaked it, that would have been or any of his people, which I have no indication that that it was. And I, this doesn't make any sense to me. It would just be the one of the dumbest moves ever. That's why I just really discount the fact that you know that Snyder, Snyder leaked it. You know, you know. The, the, but the third leak is the one. Uh, the, the the one about Pash was the one I still don't understand. Um, you know that the you know the, the lead attorney for the NFL. That one was kind of like a throw in. I'm like, what? That's so it's you know so. Well, a lot of know, people are pointing to. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's another lawsuit going on, and a lot of people are pointing to the subject of that lawsuit, Bruce Allen who was yeah. a trusted confidant of Snyder for many years and president of the team and in his own and one. Lawsuit. Yeah. And one of the redacted emails from Gruden was a part of that case. So right. that, that almost all- seems like you said, that almost seems too obvious too. Like, you know, it's yeah. gotta be the people from Washington to do it would be way too short-sighted that they, it would obviously come back to them. Bruce Allen just seems too obvious. Like he's in a lawsuit. Does he really? Yeah, yeah. He's in a little legal battle there. Uh, I think that's pretty much. I think that's pretty. Has it wound down yet? That's 1782. Yeah, and that that that, that, yeah, the whole Indian case. I I started covering like two summers ago. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been a strange ride the last two years with this team. Stranger than normal, and it's that's saying a lot for this franchise. And uh, you know, it's you know, it's what's the hard part for me is 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 that I know people, not people who would know about this, but I know people who who worked for the team over the years um, in different departments who just, who can't talk to me for anything. even if they didn't, they, they I doubt they know anything anyway, because they were in departments that had no, didn't have the issues detailed by anything, by the Washington Post or the investigations by, by uh, Wilkinson. But, uh, you know, it's just tough because everybody has an NDA and doing this reporting is very, very, very tough. I, I but I will say to people I know, Second, this has come from secondhand information because I can't, they're not telling me this directly. So I'll get myself in trouble. But, but, uh, but secondhand, I've heard from a couple people that, you know, a lot of people are welcoming subpoenas at this point. A lot of people who work for the team are welcoming subpoenas because they want to tell their story and they're, and they're very afraid of 
coming forward. Again, this is secondhand. I did not have this directly no. from anybody, but I know this to be true. Well, that sort of segues to the to the real question I had as we as we head towards the end of this interview, which is where does the committee go from here? So they're getting all this information. They're getting information about the toxic workplace, about these women and Dan Snyder groping one and trying to push one towards this limo. And they're, now they're getting information about the financial irregularities. And now they're getting... So where do they go with this? And the next question, which we can save for the next answer is, where's the league go with this? Yeah, I'm pretty... Uh, Jackie Spear, I had to talk to her a few weeks back. We had a story. She's a uh, representative out of out of the Bay Area, um, and she's part of the committee. And she told me she expects you know, Goodell to, te- to come testify. And I, I don't, she didn't, I don't, I don't think he will need a subpoena. I think Goodell, knowing he has to come to Congress for a, for a hearing, he's not going to fight it. Will, will, will Dan Snyder fight it if there is a hearing? The next step is going to be subpoenas for documentation. They've been basically stymied this entire time. You know, we know about, you know, the hit, from October on, they haven't hadn't got much uh, documentation. And part of it was because the Wilkinson, since Snyder hired Wilkinson initially to do the investigation, then let her go, and then and then picked up the and then the NFL saw that and picked and 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 tapped her to continue it. That can, that 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 led to the situation where Dan, you know, even though they dispute it, there's some dispute to it that the Congress basically feels that that Snyder has basically has has a say on what gets released because of that. So. Looking, yeah. So that's so. There's that. So I think the next step will be subpoenas. I think what that that'll be the that'll be the next indication. And time. I'm not saying time's running. I'm not getting the politics, but time's not. We only have we don't have, we don't have a lot of time left before this this term ends. You know, if 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 this house turns red, um, you know, that's going to end this really quickly. Um, oh. So that so the clock is ticking. Um, I'm not sure about the politics. I haven't kept up if whether how that looks <laughs> for either side. But, uh, you know, that's, you know, we've seen the pushback. We saw the statement Thursday. Um, you know, we saw, in, in the, it's a funny thing. The team, I don't know how they got this. I don't have a copy of it, but there's, there's a transcript going around. And so when you see these statements um, coming out from the team and from the GOP side of the committee, you know, just referencing testimony, you know, that's clear that they don't have the, the entire picture of this yet. Um, mm. And uh, it's like, because I think, you know, they, I think that, the Democratic side of, the, of, of this committee has kept a really, really, really tight lid on it. I mean, I got my first statement uh, right. at four or five hours Thursday before we ran our stories, you know, they because I was hounding them you know, for a while. Right. And it's because but they, they just, they're, they're on so many different topics. It's hard to keep their, to get their attention sometimes. But I know they're working on it. It's a huge committee. I know them. I know they're I'm sure they're making progress in wherever they're going with this financial side of it. Um, it seems pushing back, saying, you know, there's no, no investigation of of this. I'm like. Particular, I mean, it's well, it's all part of one investigation to me. It's just yeah. all part of one, even though the, it was started as a workplace, a toxic workplace harassment um, uh, um, investigation on Capitol Hill. It's it can it can go wherever, you know. I, what do you think, do you, Andrew? Do you think they're gonna, you know, if they do find anything irregular, do you, do you see a DOJ referral? Do you see what you know? What do you think? You know, beyond hearings, that's what I want to see. What beyond a hearing? You know, what what. Whether it's, you know, we saw, I covered the Clement stuff. I was there. Yeah. I covered the, I covered his trial for lying to Congress. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. Yeah. So it's like, what do you, do you think that they're, if they find something that's going to be turned over as a turn of the DOJ as a you know, I, I think two things you mentioned really important is the, the swaying of the politics. And if we continue to have a Democratic Congress, yes, I think there'll be more involved. If it turns, as you said, it will be probably the hidden some more. 
I think the more interesting thing for me and all the listeners is, of course, what what the NFL will do. I receive, as I'm sure you do, living there, and I grew up there, and that's my hometown team and all that stuff. So many people saying, how can they get this guy out? What can they do? Can they do a Donald Sterling on him? All these kind of things. And obviously, this is no surprise to anyone listening, the league has protected him. Uh, They protected him regarding these, these allegations by the women. The fact that it was not written, the fact there's no documentation of it, the fact it was put in a drawer which Beth Wilkinson has in a drawer somewhere. And they're protecting him from all these things. But will they protect him if they mess with their money? Um, He seems to have good owner relationships. He wouldn't be protected if he didn't, which I know includes Jerry Jones, who's close to. Um, But again, if these, as you say, (laughs) improprieties are made known to the people he's actually taking money under their nose from, that could be a bigger issue. I just wonder how much the NFL is going to get involved or always continue to think there'll be another drama tomorrow. People will forget about this, which has served Washington well for all these months and even years. Uh, and let me say, I, I've had Jason Wright on this podcast. I think he's an impressive guy. I think Ron Rivera is an impressive guy. They just seem to can't get out of their way on the ownership side. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I, I'm uh, Mike Florio, who I who I respect, has kind of gotten a little more has, is is hearing things that you know this could be the death knell. The owners I've talked to after my story ran, you know, there's still no consensus. You know, and a former league executive told me, you know, it's not going to be Goodell. Goodell's not going to be putting him up for a vote. You know, even if he knows there's 24 votes to remove, which is the same threshold to approve an owner, same threshold to remove, hasn't happened in the modern NFL. And I and you know, it's going to take the owners to. It'll be the owners pushing the other owners you know, driving this it. So if what, if what, what is, was told and what may, what may have been turned over is true, you know, even if it's a few hundred thousand dollars, it, it could not be much. It, the scheme was not an across the board scheme. The scheme, I haven't reported this, I will, but I'm going to give you a little hint. So it, it, it wasn't like every game, it wasn't all tickets. It was selective. Um, and so we're not talking about a lot of money, um, maybe hundreds of thousand dollars, maybe north of a million, you know, I don't know. We don't know how long this ran, um, and these are all allegations on this is all, you know, coming from one person as of now. Um, but um, it's it's going to be interesting. Now, is that enough to to, you know, to piss off the other owners? And, you know, that but also would say other owners I've talked to aren't surprised that this has come out. You know, they're not saying they're not going to say whether how likely it happened, but uh, they aren't surprised. And by by this, you know, because, you know, Snyder has, you know, has run afoul of the league, yeah. uh, like going back to the uncapped year before the uh, yeah. two CBAs ago and right. him, him, yeah, him and Jones got uh, knocked down for that, um, for that, for that uncapped year. Um, but what, 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 what it comes down to really around here, at least is hit, the team's not winning and the team hasn't planned in a crap stadium and has for many years. And, uh, and when, when, when you don't win and people don't like going to where to, to your current stadium, it's, you know, the, Anything that comes out, people are going to be wanting Dan Snyder gone, and it's just part of it. It's so it's like I don't want to get anybody's hopes up because yeah. I never because even know. if even 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 if this is proven true, even if like you know this is hundred percent locked down, he did he did cheat the other owners going multiple years. Even what if if that is true, I still don't know if he would be right. up for removal. And it's just like I, I'm I've I said this before being a being a team owner in the NFL is like being a Supreme Court justice, you know. Yeah. There, 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 there have been justices removed and nothing <laughs> hasn't happened any, hasn't happened recently going back many years, but it, it takes a lot. 
and it um and uh in this it's the same case here yeah i mean nothing happens in a vacuum so people ask me all the time about the donald, donald sterling situation which again was a secret recording not even using the n-word but there was a 40-year history of this guy's a scumbag and we want him out so that could happen and people would say well don't they all hate snyder that way and i don't think they do i know fans do but for some reason they don't they don't like the headaches that snyder causes them yeah that doesn't mean they don't like him so that's the whole thing where just because he treats you know and there's many stories i'm not going to go into make the personal attacks of dan snyder but there are but, but there are stories of the mr snyder and the other stuff oh, that's yeah. out there suing the old lady and that's like funny i came suing the suing the grandma and uh, I mean, I, I, during my reporting before, over the last two weeks, I, I would have sued her too, actually, for what she did. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm missing this. He sued so his, he, his own grandmother? No, no. He sued, oh, a, uh, he sued, he sued a season ticket holder for, uh, she and for not paying her season tickets. That was what was reported. Ended up, she had eighty eighty five thousand dollars unpaid season tickets. And she kept, you know, and she basically threatened to go to the media unless like she got that debt wiped out. How did, so she, it's like, how did she keep getting tickets building up this you, um There's very there's things that happen at that ticket office that don't happen in anywhere else in pro sports. I'll, I'll, I can say that. There's, yeah, it's it was and, and it, the thing is that ticket office is in is at FedEx, so that's yeah. you know an hour away from team headquarters. So things happen there that didn't happen that maybe Saturday didn't. I'm sure Saturday didn't know about a lot of the stuff that was happening there because it was just you know and it's. And it was multiple people and there's, you know, and one of the people involved deleted his LinkedIn account on Sunday. So as I was reaching out, so, you know, there's, it's, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there and, you know, it's just a, almost every part of this franchise has had issues. Um, you know, not every single part, but a lot of parts of the franchise have, have had issues over the years. And was that because of lack of oversight by Snyder? Cause he's really not the most, yeah. you know, he's, he's not Jerry Jones. He's he, he doesn't, right. he, he you know, and he stepped away because he got a lot of crap early in his tenure as owner. So he was too, too hands on. So he let the football people handle it. Granted, he let Bruce Allen do it. And that was probably not the best because I, when he got canned, it was like everybody, all um, several former and currently executives were kind of like, oh, finally. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, he was not, we saw in the emails what kind of guy he was. Yeah. And what, and that's how, especially, uh, you know, and I, especially with the Raiders and Bucks, it was like people who work there. I'm like, you know, I was like, yeah kind of how did he fail forward so long and then but so then you know then they brought a new regime and now this stuff keeps coming out and it we don't know you know if this happened we don't know how long it ran so we don't know which regime was uh which uh you know president slash gm was there at the time so uh you can't really you know blame anybody at this point so last question on the reporting are the irregularities so you said and again we just talked about how much snyder knew about this or that or didn't or was in it out of it but in terms of these these forty percent issues, sometimes some games, not not all games, some not maybe a lot, relatively a couple hundred thousand. But do we know from your reporting? And again, you can answer as much as you'd like to. That he directed this mon these monies not to be reported to the league or turned over to the league. Yeah, we don't have that part yet. And there's a firewall. And one of the firewalls is that Dan Snyder never used email. He didn't have a corporate email. Um, so when people are like, release the emails, I'm like, right. you won't find nothing from Dan Snyder in those I've emails. Heard that. He, yeah. he does not have an email. I reported that geez, man, last August. Um, we've known that for a while. It's, it, and it's, so they're not going to, those emails will not have a smoking gun 
you know, it will it possibly could those emails say Dan ordered something? I'm not saying he maybe, but that, that's secondhand. I mean, does that take him down? I may probably know, but Dan can deny it. Um, and so we don't know who ordered it, and we don't know if there's and there was some things going on on in that ticket office. I am pretty sure I can fairly say that he did not know that went went down. Um, and there's no there's certain owners don't get into that kind of micromanaging even yeah. Dan Snyder. Um, they're not going to know about. You know, they, they may know the employees by face because they're, you know, they see them all the time. They may chat with them. They may know the head of ticketing, the head of whoever sells the most you know, season tickets or suites and stuff like that. They'll, they may know them that way, but they're not going to know, you know, they, that doesn't mean they didn't direct something uh, as big as this could be, but they're not going to know the tiny ins and outs. Um, so that there's other stuff that went, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can say the other stuff went down there. Um, not saying it was illegal, just very odd things that went down there. Um, but that, uh, that I'm working on now. And what's the next step? Is there, has Congressman Spire scheduled any more hearings or are we waiting for some kind of report or potential subpoenas? Yeah, it's, uh, it's Representative Maroney would be the, the head of the, would be the one calling it. And we don't know. She keeps that. She's kind of a very tight lipped. You know, she keeps it very close to the vest, but I think, you know, they're going, you were investigate something this long, going back to October, you get roadblocks, you yeah. get, and then, and then something leaks and I report on it and it gets a lot of attention. And, uh, Eleanor Holmes, Holmes Norton was like on the news last night in the same segment I appeared on channel five here, Fox five, that, you know, that she's, you know, she's, they're asking questions and the more interest there is in this topic, the more likely we're going to get subpoenas, the more likely there's more cover for such, you know, people like, People are, you know, more interested. And, you know, if, 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 and there's a big if, if they find the information yeah, that, the, that, that, that Friedman provided, you know, was legitimate, I think that's going to lead them to take, ask more questions and probably subpoena and uh, both to protect for documents and uh, for witnesses. And do they have power? I, I don't, maybe I should know this to pressure the NFL to pressure teams to not do NDAs. I know there was yeah, NDAs. There's, yeah, they actually, Jackie Spear is very, Representative Spear is very, very, she's pushed, she's pushed and passed, passed uh, legislation um, in, in wake of the, of the Me Too movement to get rid of these NDAs and, right. you know, and also arbitration, forced arbitration. That's also in there in those clauses. Um, and they, so what, so pretty much anybody who's, you know, unless you're really, really, friendly with Snyder and you got along, you, you had, you had an NDA, no matter who you were with that team over the last several years. So that's, so that's, so that's kind of, that's how, that's how they operate. Um, probably other teams operate the same way. Um, you know, just part of your severance, you have to sign this, this document. Um, and, uh, that's, that's been the case here for, a, for as many, many years, as far yeah. as I can tell. So, so that's, so that we're waiting. I think the next step is, you know, then we're going to, if they'll tip their hand, you know, the subpoenas will go out. And I think the, a, a hearing is pretty much a lock at that point. All right. <laughs> we'll look forward to it. AJ Perez, front office sports, great reporting on this. What a story. And really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Really, truly. No, no, no problem, Andrew. Thanks a lot for your time. Hope you enjoyed that. AJ Perez, you really got inside what was going on at the Washington football team or Washington Commanders or Redskins before that. In terms of the reporting visiting team revenues, it's a story that kind of broke during the owner owners meetings and kind of was out there. 
So I wanted to bring him on and really get into it with him. So I hope you enjoyed that. And that'll do it for this week's edition of the Business of Sports. My newsletter, andrew-brandt.com. If you want to get even more of me every day, andrew-brandt.com slash SBL, the Sports Business League. Twitter is Andrew Brandt. Instagram, Andrew Brandt 2. Clubhouse, ADB719. Please share this episode with a friend and give us a good rating if you would. Always appreciate that. Produced by Brian Neal, musical producer of the music you hear below, Sam Brandt. And I'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. 